welcome today to our time together in studying God's Word. I'm grateful for your presence and for your participation. <clears throat> We're starting today a new series of studies I'm excited about. I'm calling it the Lesser Known Psalms of the Old Testament. We studied uh, some time ago, I think it was a couple of years ago, some of the major psalms like Psalm 23, Psalm 51, some of the ones that are better known and uh, we might include one or two of those, but I doubt it. But we'll probably mostly just include the ones that you, that aren't as well known, the ones that we don't talk about as much or read as much. But uh, anyway, I'm, the main thing is we will we will have a time to to really get into what the what the psalmist is saying. And I wanted to encourage you to be reading along. If you want to just start reading the psalms, read one or two each day. And uh, that would be a good thing for you to do, me, as I'm teaching on the Psalms. I am going to start with one that, that is pretty well known, and that's the, the, the first Psalm, Psalm 1. Let me read it to you. It's not long. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This psalm is particularly encouraging as the first psalm. I think it somewhat sets the stage for all of the psalms because it deals with what it means to be a, a blessed person or a, uh, some people translate it happy. I'm not sure happy fully uh, describes what we're talking about here, but uh, at least to some degree it does. Uh, it's more than just an outer happiness. It's an inner happiness that comes from God. And if you think of it that way, I think you're fine. But notice, uh, he, he says, the one who's blessed, the one who has true happiness, there's some don'ts and some do's for this person who's a follower of the Lord. First, he says, you watch where you walk. You don't walk in step with the wicked, which simply means that you don't make your constant companions, those people who are going the wrong way and doing the wrong things. Now, there's a thin line in the Christian life between being in the world and being of the world. We can't help but live in the world, and we want to make an impression upon the world, not with us, but with Christ. We want to let our light shine so they can see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. We want them to come to know him as their Lord and Savior. But at the same time, we can't compromise the Bible. We can't compromise truth. We can't compromise our convictions to go along with people in the world in the way they think and act. So that's why he says you need to be careful with whom you walk. And, and walk simply means your style, your style of life, your lifestyle. If your best friends are all people who are doing a lot of things they shouldn't be doing, then probably you're going to be doing them too. Now, that doesn't mean you can't be a friend with them. It doesn't mean that you can't know them. It doesn't mean that you can't uh, 
have some time with them, but they can't be the people with whom you primarily walk or you will be walking the wrong way. And then he says, but you also don't want to stand in the way that sinners take. In other words, you don't want to take a position that sinners take. That's one of the things we need to be really careful about as believers. And, and that, that means several things. First, it means take the position of being where they are and doing what they do. But it also means that we take a, a position on an issue or a, a social issue or a political issue that puts us in the pack of people who are away from God and are against God and are denouncing God, we need to be careful that our faith is practiced every day in every realm of life. You say, well, religion and politics don't mix. No, they don't really mix, but your faith in Christ ought to override your politics. And you and I ought to be believers who stand for truth. And if the politics we've held does not fit with biblical truth, we need to reject those, po- those political positions, not stand in the, in the place where sinners stand and where, where they take their position. And then he said sit. I think it's interesting he talks about walking and standing and sitting, which really describes, I think, life generally, all of life, that in all of life that we should, we should not do certain things. We should not, he says, sit in the company of mockers, some say scoffers. Now, what he's talking about here is we, we don't want to identify with those who mock, who ridicule our faith, who ridicule and stand against our Lord. Uh, we can't identify with them because we don't feel that way. So it's very important that our position, our ideas, don't just go along. Sometimes we can in a group of people just kind of go along with the crowd as they are maybe ridiculing Christ or saying something about him and not, instead of just standing up a little bit and speaking a little word for him. It's not easy to do in a situation like that, but it's very important that we do in the world but not of the world. So that's the negative side. But on the positive side, he said, this is, this is what we ought to be. If we're going to be a blessed person, if God's going to be able to bless us like we want to be blessed, if we're going to be uh, full of joy like we want to be, then we, we delight in the law of the Lord and we meditate on his law day and night. Now, first of all, there's several words here that are important. The first one is delight. Now, there's a difference between reading the Bible knowing the Bible, studying the Bible, listening to the Bible, and delighting in the Bible. To delight in the Bible means that you have an excitement about it. You have a joy about it. You have a kind of expectation about hearing the word preached. When you hear God's word preached, when you come to church, do you have an expectation that God's going to speak to you? You should have. You could have. You, you, if you want to have, it's, it's really up to you to decide if you want to have that position or not. And you can make a choice and say, Lord, I'm coming today expecting you to speak, and you get excited and you get delighted about it. Same thing when you open the Word to read it each morning. Do you delight in God's Word, or this, is this just a drudgery? We can get into habits that are good, but we, those habits need to be full of joy and delightment. That's important. 
And so as we make the word really special to us, and the whole idea here is he said you meditate on it day and night. That doesn't mean you read it day and night, but that means that you think about it, you let it go through your mind, you let it begin to be the permanent direction of your life. So keep that in mind. And this week, delight in God's word. Delight when you come Sunday to hear the word preached. God bless you. Have a great day.